Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's 4 o'clock on the number one sports talk show for your drive home. I mean, you know how it is. Rocking and rolling and whatnot. This is Dukes and Bell. Brought to you by Finley Roofing. We've got you covered. Atlanta's most trusted and recommended roofer. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It is Dukes and Bell. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. What on right now senior bowl which means workouts which means there are guys out there to impress mike right all the nfl scouts and coaches that are there and uh we're going to go down to uh to the senior bowl here in just a second to talk to our buddy jarvis davis but i'll say this there are always guys who come out of this game all right or come out of this weeks of practice Mm -hmm. who get drafted and you go who is this and maybe you didn't watch it or maybe you didn't know about them, and they end up, Mike, being on the right team, and right. they end up helping that team the, the following season. We see it every year. This is the start, guys, of what a lot of people consider, you know, the offseason, the start of free agency, how you're going to approach the draft, who you're looking to try to go get. Sometimes it's the senior bowl of guys like Cooper Cup. There's yep. guys that you never heard of that yep. they invite from the, some of the smaller schools or the directional schools, the Mac schools, you know, what we used to call, you know, subdivisions. You know, and these guys get a chance to impress. Now, sometimes it can be a double-edged sword. I know we joked around about uh, Rasheed Hageman years ago where uh, the staff really kind of fell in love with his game. And then for years, remember that year of hard knocks where you got, uh, who was it, Brian Cox screaming at him. And you and I would hear him, we'd be leaving practice, and Brian Cox would still be yelling at Rasheed Hageman. <laughs> so sometimes it goes the other way when you get tunnel vision, but the guys and the coaches do love the chance to have the opportunity. That year, I previous year, that was uh, Mike Smith and company were coaching at, at the Senior Bowl. Jarvis, it's good to have you back on. Uh, he is with Locked On ATL. He does color analyst for ESPN+, Plus, uh, and is a former – uh, employee of our wonderful radio station, but we love him, and we still get a chance to chop it up with him. And he's down there, man, at the Senior Bowl. Jarvis, how you doing? I'm doing great, guys. How are y'all, man? Man, I ain't talked to y'all. I feel like I ain't talked to y'all in years, man. What's going on? <laughs> we miss you, big fella. And for those who don't know, Jarvis played his college ball at Albany State. He's an interior lineman. So we'll start there, brother, because we were saying, look, we're not putting Grady out to pasture or on Yamada, but it might be something we could find, maybe a little depth on the D-line. I know we're always looking for an edge rusher. What are you seeing at the senior ball? Oh, my God, man. Gabe Hall, 6'5", 290 pounds. When I tell you the man wins – he wins, and even when you just look at it, he's just so lean, he's so long, and, like, he's the type of guy that has the versatility, right? That's a whole you – know, you know, if I can um, start talking to my Dan Quinn boys, he can, you know, he can guy, he can kind of get it like that, that four-eye and line up in a five and two-gap. He can also line up in a three-tech. I got a chance to actually talk to him out the practice, man, because one of the things I can appreciate about Gabe is he knows his go-to move. That's one thing my coach and from Albany State used to always get on me about. He played in the NFL for years. He used to run down on special teams, 6'5", 295 pounds, running down on special teams and kickoff, right? So he used to always say, what's your go-to move? What's your go-to move? Always have a plan. you got to have a plan. And the one thing about Gabe Hall, when he gets down in his stance and they're doing one-on-ones in the pass rush drills, the man has a plan, and it worked every time. Like, it didn't matter who he was going up against. He used the same move every time. And when you, when you have somebody that, that has perfected their go-to move like that, that's when you understand that, hey, this guy's been taught, and this guy's, he's been putting it on display all 
practice. D-tackle, by the way, out of Baylor. Gabe, uh, that's what Gabe Hallwitz, uh, our man draw, was talking about. The game itself, guys, is Saturday. If you want to watch, uh, I normally do just because, well, there's nothing else going on. There's nothing. And uh, I want to get a chance to see some of these potential prospects. Of course, the game is in Mobile, Alabama. We're talking with Jarvis Davis here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. The, the cool thing about this year is um, juniors have always been accepted, okay, who met the graduation requirements. But this year's game is now accepting all underclassmen prospects who have decided that they declare for the NFL draft regardless of whether they have completed their degree requirements. So there are some guys that we wouldn't normally see who are going to be there this week. Um, talk to me about what you've seen. I saw some highlights of Lad McConkey. I don't know if you had a chance to see what was going on down there with him, but it looked like Jarvis, he was eating people up, and, and he's an interesting prospect. No doubt, man. When you when you look at Lad, right, like we got I feel like we still didn't get – all of that, like, because when you think about all the injuries he had to deal with, and obviously that's going to be a red flag going into the NFL, NFL scouts are going to be looking at it and saying, all right, okay, you got the injury history, so let's dig a little deeper. But when you dig deep and look at it and, and look at this dude's film, the dude just is, he's a route runner, man. Like, he understands that route tree. He understands how to get on top of that DB and, and close off that space and be able to get on top of him and be able to get open. And today, when you look at, just the one-on-ones, look how he's built, right? He's 5'11", you know, uh, 185, 195 pounds, whatever. You know, not that big of a guy. But when you get guys like that who know how to run routes and one-on-ones, I said it before it even got started. I was like, watch, Lab McConkie about to get ready to eat because you can't really put your hands on him. DBs are going to be scared to put their hands on him because of what you're going to deal with once that ball is snapped. So I, it was just – I wasn't surprised at all. I was like, yep. Lad, Lad going to make some money down here, and he made some today for sure. They call it the Bolitnikoff Award, and he kind of reminds you of, like, Fred Bolitnikoff in that, in that way of being cagey. Jarvis Davis down at the Senior Bowl. All right, man, uh, Michael Penix, we know we can sling it, Jarvis. A lot of concerns, obviously, they're going to be all over those knees of his at the Combine. But uh, Michigan really got him out of his comfort zone. He was forced to throw. How's Penix looking down there? Man, that's, that's the one thing I've always, you know, I was talking with scouts down here, talking with some guys, you know, you know, who do this on a on a daily basis, and it's just one of the things I've always been amazed at is how it's always it's one way to see how a guy plays in the game, and then then you go go into the practice and you see see that same thing. That's exactly what Mike Penix is. One thing that I, that stood out to me in, in any game that I've watched of Michael Penix is the fact that the dude is just accurate, man, stupid accurate. And when you saw and you saw that today, just the way how he just so smooth, how he gets he stands in the pocket. He anticipate his throws. He's not a guy who's kind of wait for that guy to break like a Bo Nix. Like we, we we were talking about the contrast between those two quarterbacks. Bo Nix is a guy he'll hold on and wait till the guy actually you know breaks off his route. And then when you think about it in the NFL, that's a lot of times that could be too late. But Michael Penix is the exact opposite. He's the guy that is anticipating the throw, anticipating that guy going to a spot. And I would like to say I know his wide receivers. Love him. You know, Adonzo and all those guys, you you can definitely understand why those guys were successful because they got a guy that was going to throw him open. You always hear that term, throwing them open. And I think Michael Penix is the guy that, that was able to, to do that today. And he's just so smooth. I, I, I just I, – I love the consistency uh, when I see, you know, and watch him play. I know you're watching those D tackles. Tell me Byron Murphy from the University of Texas is doing work down there, please. Man, I, I, I let me tell you something. Let me tell you about Christian Jones from Texas. That that, that offensive lineman. He he's a guy that he's a six five three eighteen, um, lean guy. 
he and one thing that really stood out to me with him is the fact that you know how a lot of times guys like to come off the edge, come off the edge, and then when they try to come back, and then next time they try to do a little counter move, right? If you sitting not, if you sitting hard on on that coming off the edge and, and, and setting up for those, trying to set those guys up, you know they try to do a counter move. Like a guy, every time, every time a guy tried to come outside, give him like a little in and out, and come back inside, he was right there waiting. That that inside foot, that post foot. He was, he was just stomping that bad boy on the ground, and those guys weren't able to do nothing. You just, all you're just seeing is a big stalemate, and I've seen that several times. So, yeah, you're looking for a guy that's a, maybe a backup right tackle, a guy who can come in and probably uh, potentially step in for you to be a starter at that right tackle spot. Might be a guy like Christian Jones. But, yeah, you can definitely tell, though, that those Texas boys, are, they bring something different to the table. Our man Jarvis Davis down there with the Senior Bowl guys, as Carl said, it's the only game in town over the weekend. See what these cats are all about. Uh, we just mentioned earlier, but Cedric Von Pran left or was not down there for the Senior Bowl. We may want to do an upgrade, Jarvis, from uh, Dalman at the center position. Uh, anybody down there looks like it fits the bill. Wow, when, when you think about like the part of the interior interior line play, one thing you always got to look for are those guys who will be able to anchor down. And that's what that's what I saw in a guy like Dominic Cuny, uh guy, uh, interior offensive lineman, probably can slide down and play guard as well. You know, he was able to sit down. You know, we, a lot of times we, what I mean when I sit down, when I say sit down, these guys trying to come off with that bull rush and trying to come hard, and he would just, or you just see that guy just anchor, sit that butt down and just anchor down. That's the type of, that's what you're looking for when you talk about the interior line. But yeah, I, I think that Cedric Van Pran is a guy. That I would love for him to come in because he's obviously he's the bigger guy. Like he can't be little-ish playing on a, on a Georgia's offensive line. But yeah, he's a guy that's that's been an anchor for that Georgia offensive line, which is I think we all can agree that those guys are one of the best offensive line have been one of the best offensive line in the country. Another guy, Mike, I got you, I got for you too, Braden Fisk, yeah, yeah. out of Florida State, man. He he he's a guy that that brings it, he, especially in the run game. Like he, you can understand. Like he has that technique. Like a lot of times when you're looking for guys lined up over that guard, if that guard slams down or steps down, he's immediately right on his hip and right there in the play for attack for loss. So yeah, he's a he's a guy that kind of stood out to me as well. I was telling Carl in some of the FSU games when first would take some plays off, which sometimes you know linemen happens, do. Happens. That did that dude never did as a transfer in FSU. He's just one of those guys. That's, he's always like the Kool Aid man. He had a big game against LSU as well. Jarvis. Um... Would you take Penix over Bo Nix? A thousand times out of ten. Okay. okay. Because, like, because here's the thing. We've, we've seen inconsistency at the quarterback position, right? Like, that's what the Falcons need. Like, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even mind if the Falcons maybe brought in a veteran. You know, not $45 million a year with Kirk Cousins, but, you know, <laughs> veteran. <laughs> but somebody that makes sense, you know, that can help bridge the gap, right, uh, until – a guy like Michael Penix is ready because, like, when you look at – that's the thing you want to see in, in a quarterback. Guys that, you know, are are waiting for guys to get open before he gets rid of the football. I even saw saw that in Spencer Rattler. Like, he just holds on to the football too long. I don't like guys like that because think about the, the situation. We're in practice, and you're holding on to the football in practice? What about when everybody getting tight? You know, buttholes getting tight, and, and you got to make a play. Like if you if you getting tight in practice and not get rid of the football, what do you think you're gonna do in those big moments? So I, I'm I'm with a guy that is always been consistent. Every time I put my eyes on Michael Penix, he's always been consistent, getting rid of the football, anticipating throws, not panicking. 
when you, even when you do have pressure. Now I know you can't bring them to the to the ground in practice, but right. you like you, you look at those guys and how they are and how they respond in those moments. And when when he when he's doing that in practice, a lot of times that stuff transfers over to the game. I know Jarvis Graham, now John, in a minute, man, is our Jarvis Davis with us here. He's live in Mobile, the Senior Bowl, kind of talking big picture for the Falcons. Do you think that the ask for Justin Fields is worth it, or you think hopefully that that market slows and cools off and you can get Fields for more than, less than what they're asking right now, which is perceived to be two first-rounders? I won't give up two first-rounders because I, th- I think that's rich. I mean, I think Ryan Poles is, is trying to see what he can get. I think, I mean, obviously he didn't say, hey, I need two first-round picks, but, you know, what re- 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 reports are, you know that 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 that's what they want, but I think for me, I I believe ultimately once it comes down to brass tacks, because at the end of the day, they want Caleb Williams. They just keep it funky. Like everybody knows that the Chicago Bears want Caleb Williams. They want to bring that dude in. You got a new offensive coordinator in there from Seattle, so in Waldron. So you want to bring his guy in, get him a guy that he likes and that he wants, and you can go ahead and try to um and go go from there because. When you look at that, that just that that scenario, I think ultimately, once we get close to the draft and once we start getting a new league year coming around, I really feel like it'll. I think a second round pick could get it done for Justin Fields. I do too. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they're going to. Uh, they'll ask, but they're not right. going to get two first round right. picks. This isn't Lamar in a situation like we had last year. It is Dukes and Bell, Jarvis Davis again, locked on sports ATL. Check his stuff out, man, and. Uh, as you are there, I mean, obviously you can follow him and, and check out what he's saying about all these potential prospects. There are 22 non-Power 5 prospects that are there as well. So it's not just about the big boys. You always find, again, these schools where, you know, guys uh, you know, went to Virginia State, their cornerback, Willie Drew, or Southeast Missouri State, have a wide receiver, and Ryan uh, Fl- Florne. I mean, there's a bunch of guys that we just don't know enough about because we haven't watched them, and that's why this is so important this week. So, Jarvis, man, enjoy. Uh, we appreciate you stopping by, as always. Continued success, my man. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate y'all. Thanks for having me, man. No doubt. Yeah, good stuff, as we said. You know, some good interior line play, and that's something we're going to be looking for, Carl, on the defensive side. We need more depth there, and we also need an edge rusher. Would you draft a center? I would. I'd love the idea of Cedric Von Prime, but that's also trading down. You True. Know? But it's a problem for us, guys. True. Just like the year we drafted A.J. Terrell, we were kind of like in no man's land. Because everyone always says, well, why couldn't we trade out of four if we were going to go with you know, Pitts? We can, it takes two to tango. That's right. Find. And by the way, I didn't mean to say two first rounds. The first and the second is also the things that the Bears are but you're never going to offer for, for Justin Fields. But that's what we're going to have to offer the, the first uh, two first rounds if you want to get into that top five. Yeah. If you want to get to maybe to the Commanders or the Patriots, any of those teams that maybe want a quarterback not named Caleb Williams. Why does the best coordinator in the NFL, considered by most right now, not take a head coaching job? We're going to talk about it next. The game. It is Dukes and Bell Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. This hour is brought to you guys by All Four Seasons Garage and Entry Doors. Uh, or check that. Mark Spain Real Estate this hour. Uh, uh, garage Doors next hour. We are live at State Farm Arena. We're a cash cow for the organization. This is true, Mike. You know how it goes. Um, coming up, we are going to get a chance to talk more about where the Falcons coaching staff is and where they may be going. But we got to talk about this thing. And by the way, guy talks on the way. Mike, is he's on one today. Wait until you hear this, okay? <laughs> 20 minutes, less than 20 minutes from now, or, or actually 15 minutes. But we got to talk about um, why the hottest coordinator in the NFL, 
Ben Johnson, decides not to take a job. And the irony to all of this is, guys, that Ben Johnson, the, the line, or the commander's organization, all their front office folks were on the way to visit with him, to do this interview after losing, you know, in the NFC Championship game. And they get word on the way that he's staying. Right. So most people around the NFL circles had said Ben Johnson was the guy that they, the commanders wanted to hire. Um, they're also backtracking now saying, well, he was just one of the candidates. That's because he turned him down. Saving face. Um, Saving face. But the two jobs that are open are Seattle and the commanders. And this was one of those jobs. It was just like, why are they waiting? They're waiting because they're going to hire Ben Johnson. Why does a guy stay, Mike, when you have had success for the last three years? You've created uh, one of the best offenses in the league. You've shown your ability to to call plays at the highest level. Lions this year, one of the highest scoring teams in the league. Mm Mm-hmm. This is one of the most perplexing things we've seen in a long time. Guys, don't turn down these right. jobs. Now, two two ways to look at this. Either he just uh, something about the organization. He said, I'll, just, I'll stay where I'm at, which is great news. New ownership. Way, but, right. Great for Lions fans because, you know, Dan Campbell kind of, you know, intimated, you know, we don't know if we're going to get back. Just like, look, look at the Eagles. They're, they're, they're two best assistants leave, and the whole thing goes off the rails midway through the season. Maybe he's asking for too much money. Uh, Pro Football Talk had it out, there, I think it was yesterday, saying they thought there were rumor, rumors that he was asking for $15 million. He's crazy. And the dude had never coached a game no. as the head coach. Now, I mean, look, strike while the iron's hot, but then you've overplayed your hand. Correct. So, and that may have just been, come on, dude, what are you, nuts? Well, but, he, but yet he canceled the interview. Not the, the, They didn't turn him down over $15 million. He canceled the interview. That's right. And, and by the way, Belichick, you know, we don't know what that number was. It was more than $15 million, But But it was but not much. But because he, <laughs> he, because he commands that. Correct. There's a difference. Whether you think he's old or played out or outdated or not in tune with guys, his resume speaks for itself. He can command that kind of money. There's no way Ben Johnson can come in here and be a first-time coach and get that kind of money. So maybe that is the reason. Or maybe he's not head coach material. Maybe he's not ready for this opportunity, Mike. And we talk about Mm. guys sticking around. I have no issues. Do what's best for you and your family. But he's 37. We all assumed four years ago that Eric Bieniemy would be a head football coach somewhere in the NFL. He's still not. Right. And nothing changed. He went from being the hottest coordinator in Kansas City and creating all these plays. And and two other guys who did the same job got head coaching jobs. Correct. Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy. Correct. Now, everybody's situation is different, but I'm just telling you, like, if you think, well, he'll be a coach next year. Well, we said that for three seasons Right. About Eric Bieniemy, and it, and it still has not happened. I mean, I don't know if he comes in for the interview and he starts sweating like Ted Stryker in airplanes, yeah. like, or, or or does he use an extremely loud voice? It's like I'm very excited to be here, you know, because some guys don't interview well. No, they don't. You know, they don't. I, I don't. I mean, I always thought, and you like, if you listen to our show, guys, you know, we've always said that Eric Bieniemy should certainly deserve a shot based on the fact that Matt Nagy and Peterson got jobs, if nothing else, doing the same job. Thing. Doing the Whether same you thing. believe that Andy Reid does it all or that he delegates, well, those guys are the delegatees. So to me, the the rumors, well. He's, he rubs some guys the wrong way. He's an eight personality. But I don't think Ron, you and I talked about this this summer. I don't think Ron Rivera did any uh, favors for him when he said, yeah, the, some of the guys in the offense are already complaining about him. Because <laughs> he's one of the few guys who can select like an OG. Yes. I mean, coaches yell. I mean, guys are some guys are tough. I mean, come on, man. Are we that soft? Yes, are we he's are. scared off a bunch of owners? Come on. Yeah, I don't believe that. But I'm just saying, like, but I'm with whole, you. I don't get that. Yeah, one. this whole scenario, though, that like, oh, 
Well, unless maybe wussed out. I don't know. I, I don't know Ben Johnson from Adam. I thought that when Ben Johnson, you know, when we went the way direction we went with Raheem, well, he's just going to lock right into that commander's job, and there it is. But, again, he didn't – the commanders didn't say you're asking too much money. He turned them down. He said, hey, don't even get on the plane. Yeah. So you begin to wonder. And I, I invoked Gary Barnett, who had a shot back in the late 90s to take over for Lou Holtz at Notre Dame, mid-90s, and he stayed at Northwestern, won a couple of Big Ten championships at Northwestern, but didn't take the job, and then later on wound up in Colorado. But you're never – how many times in your life are you going to have a shot at Notre Dame? And this is back in the day when Notre Dame was the job, yeah. the number one job. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, it is one of the interesting things today. Arthur Smith, by the way, former Falcons coach, taking the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive coordinator's job. I'm going to say – Good for Arthur. It is, and we're happy for him. Uh, it didn't work here. Hopefully it works for him in, in Pittsburgh, by the way, if you don't know this. We play Pittsburgh next season, okay? They're on the schedule. So that'll be that tight end pass. That, that'll be interesting, okay? But that's a long ways away. I'll say this. By the way, I, I hope that – just sidebar, you got me thinking. What? Are, is that a home game for I don't know. I don't know. Because if it's an away game, that's a road trip we got to make. I, I in, no, in the early, early fall. Yeah, I'm not going in December. <laughs> I love Pittsburgh in the early fall. Back I'm, to you. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> in December. But I'll say this. Uh, for whatever we thought about Art, and this gets to the coaching circles, for whatever you thought he did or did not do, Mike Tomlin has rarely hired guys where it's gone wrong. And as a matter of fact, his last OC, he stayed with him a long time before he ultimately fired him. The entire right? city was ready to run this guy out of town two years ago. Correct. But Tomlin rarely has hired guys. You, This is not turnover city in Pittsburgh. So uh, the game is here. It's a home game. Oh, okay. oh good. Right. I uh, I just know it's on the schedule. But I will say this: um, that that should speak volumes about what the coaching circles think about Arthur Smith. Because guys, there are guys who get don't get jobs immediately after being fired as head coaches, especially if they think they're screw ups. Right. And so maybe there's a lot more to this whole ordeal, whether it was our owner. Whether it was a general manager, whether outside of the fact that the quarterback couldn't play, there were so many other factors that may have went into this, but I'm happy for him. But that is the other news today that right. he's going to be the coordinator for the Steelers. Well, if you guys remember our conversations every Wednesday, you know, he'd be pretty frank. Now, sometimes you wouldn't get the answer you were maybe looking for as a fan or we were as interviewers. But, you know, I always felt that, you know, sometimes it's like the, the big picture. And I get it, as an OC, some guys can do that. It's like Andy Reid is involved in that. Some guys can handle that role. But some guys, you know, you almost felt with the way we mishandled the clock management mm. over the years and having to burn timeouts. Remember you spike, the, the play this year where you spiked the ball, then burn a timeout? Because he's just so locked into the play card, he's, you're not seeing the forest for the trees at times. And when you get back to being a, a coordinator, that's Mike Tomlin's job to oversee everything. You just work on what you're doing. And, and, and again, I just think feel sorry for him. Is it going to be Mason Rudolph? Is it going to be Pickett? You and I were just talking off the air. Neither one of us believe in Pickett, which seemed like a reach at the time at 15 overall. Yeah, it did. I, I thought that, uh, you know, that when they picked him, I thought you could have got him later right. than what you did. But I think they were desperate to find Big Ben's replacement. And they but he had four years to scout him in your own building well, playing for Pitt, right? Th that was the thing. They thought that he was a perfect fit for not only the city but what they were trying to do. We'll see where it goes, man. Um, listen, every team has issues. He, you know, Art leaves here. Our situation hasn't gotten any better. We still don't know what the quarterback situation is. Right. He goes there. I don't know if they know what their quarterback situation is going to be. Everybody's dealing with something, okay, unless you were probably one of these final four teams that had a chance to go to the Super Bowl. But even then, Mike, you know, you've you got to retool. All the, the These teams change. It's what's so amazing about the Chiefs. You lose Tyreek Hill, and everybody thought they were going to go to crap, and they wouldn't want a Super Bowl. Then you come back and you're, uh, they're not as good as they were last year. They're not as good as they were two years ago. They're back in the Super Bowl. So you, everybody's dealing with something, but you've got to find ways to overcome it. And that's something that, you know, we get back to this coaching staff. 
Are we hiring the right guys to be able to figure out these issues and problems and get past them? Because that is what's really going on in the NFL. That's that's the key to all of these organizations. You can talk about the talent. I tell you guys, this it's this much every Sunday between winning and losing. Right. These teams are damn near equal. But, I know it doesn't seem that way, but, Mike, it, it, it's the coaching. Yeah, over the course of 17 weeks, you've seen it. Just look at the 49ers had a three-game losing streak, right? The, the Eagles got into a, a tailspin they couldn't get themselves out of. The Broncos looked like they were turning around, and then they fall flat on their face. The Texans, with C.J. Stroud, find yep. a way to get it done. The Rams, we talked about and it he earlier. he missed a stretch right. of games. And look at Raheem Morris. I mean, I know he lost, you know, five games in a row to finish his run as an interim coach here, but look, what the, look at the job the Rams did this season to turn their ship around, right, under Sean McVay. Big time. Now, I, like, I don't know what a Zach Robinson offense is going to look like. I do know if we're going to do if we're going to emulate what the Rams do we've got to go get some more wide receivers because I don't think Mac Hollins fits that bill I don't think you know like I think Scotty Miller if you ever get into the weeds on the roster but we've got to go get some some better athletes at wide receiver to accompany Drake London I don't disagree and I hope that they, and I hope that Zach Robinson maximizes pits because again you score you 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 get about 57 or 58 yards a game you could get a thousand yards so it's not everything it's cracked up to be no but he's that. got to get back to being the MVP number, oh, sorry, the the, uh, the Pro Bowl numbers is rookie year, but we've got to get Pitts into eight to ten touchdowns. Anything less to me is a failure as a fourth overall pick, and that's to me that's one of the tasks that Zach Robinson is going to be uh, tasked with. I'm sorry, my pa- I'm pausing simply because I'm just I'm not a believer right now. No, I'm, I've tried to be positive that he I'm can get healthy not. and be healthy, I, I, and I, I'm, I'm glad that he told us that he had two L, two different L's in his knee were jacked up, but you got to go produce, baby. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just not a believer. I, I'm at a point with this particular pick and where he is mm. that once we get to the, back to the season next year, it's just about proving. I mean, it's not the coaching. Mike, we can talk about the quarterback and the coaching and all this right. stuff. At the end of the day, either you go make plays or you don't. And my phrase is, can he play? And if I asked you if Kyle Pitts right now, can he play? Your answer is no. Overall, your answer is no. no. You can tell me about these little, you know, these 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 pockets of plays right. and these pockets of success. But overall, go ask somebody, hey, Kyle Pitts, what do you think? I don't no, think he can play. Look, injuries, and I know some guys, our listeners, don't accept that. Well, I think you need to accept that because if you miss work, guys, you're not a good employee. Period. Yeah. Now, again, there are things, there are certain examples. If you fall down, if a forklift drops a keg on your leg at the, at the beer wholesaler, okay. That's different. You know, or your wife has a baby, yes, you get to take time off. But you got to be able to work, yeah. period, in any, any vocation. We'll see. He will have the opportunity to prove it to us, and I hope he does. All right, guys, coming up, some guy talk. Mike, what do we got coming up? Hey, man. Yeah, I'm a race car in the red. I'm running hot. We're going to straighten out this country. I'm getting off Twitter. Uh, city got hacked. City of Atlanta. I'll explain that. Okay. And what's a four-year-old doing on Tinder? <laughs> Do you like me? Check one. Yes. Oh, no, maybe. Goodness. It's all coming up next in Guy Talk. It's time for fun. <laughs> it's time for Guy Talk. Yes! Never mind. It's time for shenanigans. Brought to you by Hooters. If the game is on, it's on at Hooters. Any conference, all season long. Where the players play. We're right across at the Swag Shop. Killer Mike's joint as we're here behind the tuh in Atlanta <laughs> at State Farm. And the bar is open, by the way. You said there's a function going on in the junction? Well, yeah. The uh, the young lady who is serving the uh, cocktails will say, because they normally don't open. We're here. Right. right? Nobody's and, usually and normally here. want one. And, <laughs> and I said, are you guys open? And she said, yeah, some company, uh, in her words, not mine, paid a lot of money to uh, basically have some kind of event up here. I said, where is everybody? She said, I don't know, but that's why we're open. And it, usually right. they do this and then they close right before the doors open she says but we're going to be open the entire time which is great for us i think we should lubricate this program hey by the way lebron is playing 
Profiling courage after a vicious attack from Dylan Brooks last night in Houston. I'm, I'm so over this Dylan Brooks, dude. Mike, can somebody just give him a yeah. forearm shiver? Dude, and people are making I, I saw Sports Center last night. They make it sound like, like Rudy T getting hit by, uh, you know, Kermit Washington. That's not that bad. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was. You know, but it was, you know, it's still LeBron, which is going to move the meter. They had as their top story on ESPN.com. But, uh, yeah, for those who remember, Dylan Brooks, one of those fake tough guys from Memphis. He's in H-Town now. And so LeBron's going to the basket. He kind of did the old clobber in time. Yes, you know, he did. Shoulder. But LeBron, but you know, LeBron did the James Brown thing where he goes down and he's like laying face down like he's dead. It's like, come on, man. You know, so eventually, yeah, you know, LeBron's going to lay face down in the paint for at least, you know, at least about a minute. But LeBron is here. And uh, there are seats, by the way, if you're coming down to a state farm, there are seats in the upper level for 100. I just looked at it on Ticketmaster. Okay. okay. And if you're a big baller. And you want to see Braun for how many more times you get a chance to see LeBron, right? Well, that's the thing, man. Listen, yeah. we think he's going to play forever. He's right. not. But uh, you can get some decent seats on Ticketmaster right now. Again, Turtle can afford it. Big money. $1,500 right now if you get, like, you know, not, not bad seats, That's man. not bad. That's not bad at all. See LeBron. No, right. for real. Yeah, that was Fair. a good seat. Hey, uh, Fulton County Government Systems, uh, this is from the AJC a couple hours back, uh, apparently got uh, shut down. They got hacked. Uh, county offices lost phones. Uh, clerk and Superior Court offices, north-south service centers were closed earlier today. Don't know if they've opened up since then. Fulton County Tax Commissioner's office is closed. That's a real buzzkill. Mm. Uh, other offices are only open for license tag renewals. So I guess everything from gun permits to marriage licenses was on hold today because the city got hacked, which a lot of cities around the country are getting hacked if they don't have your IT in order, I suppose. So, yeah, and it, or does this mean they got to pay some kind, somebody to get their stuff back? Yeah, that's I don't have. The AJC says few details have been released about the attack, mm. but uh, many offices were closed. So you hope that, uh, you know, like a lot of companies have been, you know, if you can't, you know, find the guy or don't can't, can't find some way out of whatever they've thrown at you. For sure. you got to fork it over. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it kind of happens almost, you know, every day around the country well, and listen, around the world. It, it, when they got Vegas. Right. You knew that they get it because the, the security systems in place and they were like, you have been right. shut down. Right. The gaming systems didn't work. It was right. a mess. So, yeah, man, I mean, it is happening. Uh, change your passwords, people. Change your passwords. Yeah. <laughs> Fulton County uh, clerks uh, just updated 14 minutes ago. CyberTech took down many of Fulton County's computer systems. Also left blah, blah, blah. I'm reading here. Ah, yeah, basically, nothing's changed. So there are many government systems, <laughs> in addition, remain down following the weekend cyber attacks. Okay. So now, right. again, if the DMV got down, if somebody can hack in there and get all the points off my license, that'd be awesome. Help me out with that. But enough about me. Hey, uh, by the way, the anger management is going really well. Is it? Yes. Last night, big traffic jam. There's always a wreck okay. on 85 and 285 by exit 66. You guys straighten that stuff out down there on flat shelves. What are you guys doing? So uh, I, I'm in the wreck. Practice my anger management techniques. Play some Sinatra. Yeah. Sitting there, I got nowhere to go. So yeah. I just, like, cranked up some Sinatra. And just... Well, maybe that's why I've not gotten in any trouble because I've, I've played Sinatra for years. <laughs> so It's funny. Yes. One time, you'll laugh at this. One time, uh, many years ago, I had to take our old boss to his car. Right. And I get, and I'm like, okay, yeah. You know, he's like, yeah, will you drive me over? I said, yeah, I'll drop you off. We get in, in, in my car. And, and the ignition turns on. It's Sinatra. And he's looking at me like I'm a, you know, what, right. what's up with that? Yeah, I'm like, what? You don't like Frank? What's going on here? We can't be friends. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. What are you right, talking man. about? So I, I'm glad that, I'm glad it's working, though. Yes. Seriously. I've got a good guy, Devin, by the way. So you know me. I run a little hot from time to time. You may know that about me. You? Just a little bit. But, uh, yeah, also, I, I listen to Bob Marley. I'm, I'm Bob Marley. I can't wait for that movie, by the way. I haven't it seen looks any, good. haven't seen any reviews. The story, I've, I've read the biography years ago, but the story on his life Everything is- Everything to a thing. Right. 
It's going to be, be all right. right. Got to find a charismatic brother that can pull it off, and I think they have. Can't wait, because there's so many. Carl, it's politics, music, everything yeah, in Jamaica. Is. They nearly killed the man, you know, before he eventually did succumb to his cancer. They but, did, yeah. But anyway, can't wait for that movie to come out. All right, what's really grinding my gears today, you wackos, Uh-oh. you nutjobs, you think that Taylor Swift somehow is driving the NFL and the Chiefs to the Super Bowl. Okay, Taylor Swift did not telepathically tell Lamar Jackson to overthrow his receivers by five yards. Or she didn't go, no, 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 no. Vulcan mind meld and get Zay Flowers to fumble at the goal line. Nor, by the way, if we walk it back, did did uh, Taylor Swift have control over, oh, I don't know, Stephon Diggs dropping a pass he should have caught in Buffalo? So all you wackadoodles, you tinfoil hat nut jobs, knock it off. The NFL is too stupid to be a conspiracy, okay? <laughs> and people have to realize, and I just argued this with a guy on Twitter, to have a conspiracy, everyone's got to shut up. No one can shut up in this country. Secondly, The government, like the NFL, is full of nitwits. So when you see things like the Saints and Rams passing interference no call years ago, that's not a fix. That's incompetence. Correct. And then the NFL is too stupid to know how to fix it. And to fix it, you got to spend more money because basically you should have every single referee, 365 days a year, stuck in a simulator with his eyes jammed open like clockwork orange, (laughs) looking at film and making calls. And then then you have better referees. But they don't do that. These jerks go off and become lawyers or high school principles when they're not screwing up your game on Sunday. So there's no conspiracy. Just the NFL is too cheap to improve the officiating, and that's where it's at. And there's no conspiracy. It's just the refs were terrible in the game. I thought you said the anger management was working. <laughs> well, I'm just expressing my feelings, okay. which is also part of anger management. Sometimes you've got to let off steam in a healthy outlet, okay. in I, the I, proper I, setting. Yes, go ahead. Go not, ahead. Not yelling at a spouse, not screaming, not getting out of your car in a traffic situation. True. See, this is, these are healthy ways I'm, now exp- I'm expending this energy right now. But if I see one more jabroni coming to me with this nonsense. <laughs> one more? A bunch of nitwits. Hey, man, on a positive side, oh. uh, message out of Athens today from the University of Georgia's athletic department, a guy that Carl and I have known and a lot of folks have known for years. If you're a Georgia fan, maybe you've run into Claude Felton over the years. One of the absolute sweethearts of sweethearts in the sports information uh, business. Uh, Claude's been doing it for decades and uh, you know, well, you can talk about it. Claude's just an absolute angel, man. And he's retiring. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. People at Georgia know this and, and we know a lot of you guys listen and ladies. But he's been such an instrumental part of the athletic program going back, all right, prior to Mark Richt, all right? Right. But he's been such an integral part of the day-to-day. And then also, just from what we do on the media side, guys, Claude's the guy that we would contact and call and bug and say, Mm -hmm. hey, you know, we need this, we need that, we're coming, we're not, Uh, we're going on the road, whatever. And he would try to accommodate us as best as possible but he is just a sweet human being. And right. to, to Mike's point, that job can be tough because a lot of times you got to tell people no. Right. And you got to tell people you can't do it or Kirby can't do it or Mark Rick couldn't do it or whatever it might be. But he is just genuinely one of the sweetest people you'll meet. And we wish him nothing but the best in retirement. Right on. I think about that day. It was a spring game. We got us up in, the, in our own little, like, private suite for everybody at the radio station. It was fantastic. It was. Man. I didn't have to do that. Thanks, Claude. Hey, man, uh, you and I were talking about this off the air. Pretty funny. I saw the story in the New York Post because there's a lot of fun stories there. Four-year-old on Tinder. What's all this mean? Well, it's actually a really cute story. It comes out of the U.K. Okay. There's a four-year-old little girl, and she gets on her mommy's phone to help out her mommy's single friend meet a nice guy. 
So the kid gets on there. It's a preschooler. Her name is Eliza from Peterborough over in England in the U.K. Uh, she cheers triumphantly after successfully matching two different guys' profiles, apparently with her mom's friend. <laughs> so I don't know if this is a good idea or a bad idea, but apparently the date went pretty well. Uh, I, it is interesting. When you teased that earlier, I was like, four? What in the world is going on? Yeah, you can Google Tinder swap for opposite sex, and you'll find the story. It's kind of cute, but it's, so it's not what you thought. That's the headline? Yeah, but no, no, but it's four-year-old on Tinder. There's another article it links to it about oh, I you know, got you. how people are doing this now. Uh, people that are looking, it's almost like the Brady Bunch. You have your kid get on Tinder and talk to another kid about mom and dad. Okay. Which I think is a little creepy, but some people. Yeah, because you know what's going on, right? You know right. that you know mom and dad yeah. are, are. I mean, I mean, when I was a boy kid. They you know. doing the nasty. Now this was a little cute little girl, but imagine like you, were the four year old, you or me. It's like, hey, uh, my dad thinks you're hot. Any chance I can meet you for some drinks at PJ Clark's? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's such a cute little boy. My dad, by the way, wants to know if he does get you a steak dinner, are you going to go all the way? Because he doesn't want to waste time. Uh, that would be a good question. Just, I'm just thinking how the four-year-old me would be doing this. That would be a good question. Imagine your old man over your shoulder. That's a really yeah. smart four-year-old, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> My dad also wants to know, send a picture of what your legs look like, because from the profile picture, all we can see is your chest. Again, the way I would have played it, but that's me. That's why I didn't get married until I was 45 and was upset that my parents got back together. I digress. Hey, man, <laughs> it's your guy talk. Brought to you by Dukes and Bell. Hey, man, ale. Go get it on, man, because it's available everywhere on the south side. We talked about it, whether you're down off of Camp Creek, uh, down in Peachtree City at Kedron, over by you, by the way. A lot of the bigger distributors have got our brew, so go get it. Yeah, man, uh, all the spots uh, on the north side, up, up, you know, 400. Um, 75, Total Wine's got it, Bullet's got it, um, Green's got it. I mean, you you can go pretty much anywhere on the north side, and I've been to them all. All right. <laughs> By the way, Sinatra, for you guys out there, a little bashful of karaoke, Sinatra's kind of like Johnny Cash. You can talk, sing it. You know, He's you, great. You can really get it in, man. Yeah, great. man, I'm, I'm with you on that. All right, uh, coming up, Raheem Morris. Presser set for Monday, all right? But these hirings, we've got to talk more about it. Now we know who the offensive and defensive coordinators are going to be. You heard it here first, or at least you saw it first with us here on Dukes and Bell yesterday about Jimmy Lake. We'll get into all of that and much more. Stay there. It's Dukes and Bell. You are all I long for, all I worship and adore. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 